Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. I help people discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and with my coaching help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com. Follow me on Twitter at Coach Andrew. If you're listening live and you have a question, the phone number here is 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to the show on the phone. And if you press number one, I'll know you have a question. You also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can feel free to join in. Tonight I have a very, very special guest, Dee Wallace. You may know her best as the mom in E.T. She's released her third book, Bright Light. Dee is a true tour de force, working with every kind of co-star from Cujo to Lassie, as well as countless directors, producers, and some of Hollywood's biggest names, whose personalities fell somewhere between the two, including Peter Jackson, Steven Spielberg, Wes Craven, Joe Dante, Stephen King, and Blake Edwards. Miss Wallace became an icon in that role that I just discussed that would define motherhood for a generation as Mary in E.T., the extraterrestrial. Her 130 films range from some of the scariest to the funniest ever made. A beloved acting coach, she's also an internationally known healer with two global radio shows and a series of healing seminars. Bright Light takes readers along on Wallace's emotional, spiritual, and professional journey, but even as we cheer for her triumphs and grieve for her unbearable losses, she doesn't allow us to sit on the sidelines as merely an observer to her life, but instead uses her journey as a metaphor for always expanding the lessons she experienced in her own life to a larger wisdom valuable for all of us. And with that, Dee, are you with us? I'm here, baby, and I'm even impressed with me after that intro. <laughs> my goodness <laughs> I, yeah and i could have gone on but i i, I just want to get to you well i'm uh, i'm very appreciative i kept sitting here going wow i i guess i have done all that <laughs> you, you you have been done all that and you are all that i am so excited to have you on my show Oh, thank you. I've been a big fan of yours for a long time, and and I, I'm only now learning about some of the other things you've done. Uh, it's this was a, a big uh, a news to me, the, uh, some of the things that you've been up to. Yeah, the healing world. Um, I mean, I'm still acting. I've got I think four films coming out, but um, the healing world is a very big part of my life right now. Um, I, I kind of live in the channel. You know, people say, mm-hmm. you know, Dee, we can't tell when you're in the channel because you don't use a voice and your eyes roll don't roll back. And, uh. <laughs> you know, I said, well, you know, we we all can live in the channel. We just uh, we just have to be open to hearing, you know, you know, hearing you, the truth. Sure. You know, uh, the ET um, was a healer, and the first thing that really struck me after reading your book was that somehow you have transcended E.T., and now you're the healer. I mean, you're not bringing back dead flowers or performing movie miracles, but you're doing some real emotional and even physical healing. I really want to hear about that. You know, what a great analogy. I I never had looked at it that way. Ouch. You was my first healing teacher. Okay. That's right. Do it again so everybody Ouch. can hear. Ouch. <laughs> That's pretty Oh, good. wait a minute. I, I, wait, wait, what's, what's this I hear? I, I, oh, I what? was going to give you something here. No, just go on. Okay. 
Well, uh, so, yeah, anyway, we're having some amazing um, amazing healing happen, not only at, um, spiritually and psychologically and energetically, but physically. A, mm-hmm. a gentleman uh, that I've been working with for about 10 years, and he's had full-blown AIDS for 14 years. Uh, I just started working with him really health-wise. He was in my acting studio a couple of years ago, and he just was pronounced by his doctors AIDS-free. He he has HIV, of course, but mm-hmm. he has raised his his levels, his markers, uh, so high that he no longer has AIDS. And I truly know and believe, you know, I've cured myself from thyroid and high blood pressure, and many of the other people that I work with are off their antidepressants. I'm not a doctor. I have to say that legally. I don't even Good. play one on TV. <laughs> but um, we are having some miraculous things happen. And financially, we're having them happen. In relationships, we're mm-hmm. having them happen. And um, I, I think, you know, if we could all just open ourselves to expecting miracles as the norm now, if we could have that new thought that that's a possibility, we'd see a lot more of them. Now, you you, you grew up, uh, you're Deanna Bowers, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, a girl from Kansas, uh, um, from a, a kind of regular kind of uh, up, upbringing. How on earth would you ha- say that you have made this dr- rather amazing uh, transformation and uh, in, 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 where did you get these kinds of abilities? You know, we all have them. We all have them. We're all channelers. Uh, we we just don't ask and we're too afraid to open ourselves up for a myriad mm-hmm. of reasons. But... Um, as you know from reading the book, my dad was a severe alcoholic. We were very poor growing up. We lived with my grandmother. Um, <clears throat> he tried to commit suicide a couple of times and finally succeeded uh, behind a bar and blew, him, blew himself away. And I've been very blessed and very hurt in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I lost my beautiful husband of 18 years uh, to a heart attack before he was 55. So after all that, I just kind of hit the floor, wailing at God or whomever was there, the heavens. And I said, you know, I don't want to be a victim anymore. I don't want to be angry anymore. I want my light back, and I want a way we can heal ourselves. And it was almost instantaneous that the messages started coming in to the point where I, I really didn't even understand what I was getting. You know, I call it I I call it the voice now, right? I hear the voice. But I, I think a sense of humor mm-hmm. is really, really important for the creative process and for, um, for your health, uh, you know, creating anything in your life. You've got to have fun and you've got to be in joy. That's the very essence of creation itself right there and you know uh, the rest is kind of history I took this work into I had an acting studio of 80 students at the time and uh, they just embraced the work and together we refined the work and tested the work and 
I often think the universe kind of created my own little test lab, you know? Sure. So they certainly learned how to act, but they also um, they also really were into this healing. As a matter of fact, many of them became uh, Reiki masters and healers and uh, spiritual psychologists and, you know, <laughs> mysterious ways. So that's kind of in a nutshell how I got here, and now I'm... Uh, I just live my life combining the acting and the healing because both of them you have to open yourself up to channel, right? Absolutely. Now, I was really interested how uh, I was reading about how when you first were looking for acting teachers and you started off by going to one of the biggest acting gurus uh, of all time, and, and, and even though you knew that, that a lot of people were, were successful with that, you found that that wasn't right for you and you your insti- your instincts told you there was another way. Yeah, well, my instincts have always known that the more I try and figure stuff out, the deeper in the toilet I get. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh when I got to New York, you know, everybody said, "Oh, Uta Hagen, you have to start, you have to study with Uta Hagen." And um so you know, I tell a lot of great stories about how I actually got accepted into Uda's mm-hmm. class in the in the book. Um, but um, basically, I found out very quickly. And let me preface this by saying I honor Miss Hagen. I, I have the utmost respect for her and her book, respect for acting. But it just wasn't right for me because it made you get into your head and break everything down and work out the beats and figure it out. And let me tell you, I can come to the end of the road and go, okay, there's the mountains, there's the sun, there's this, there's it. It's got to be right, and it's always left. So <laughs> if I just get to the end of the road and go, okay, what do, what do I feel? Oh, I think I should go left. Then I'm okay. And that's, it, that's the way my whole life has always worked. So... Um, for me, Uta wasn't the answer. Charles Conrad, that I finally found out in California in the early 80s, he, he opened up everything for me. And interestingly enough, the and looking back at the technique that Charles taught me, it was pretty much a direct metaphor to the creation process. It's all based on energy, getting your energy very, very high, surpassing your mental mind, right, Mm -hmm. so that you open your channel and get divine hits about the character. And for want of a better word, you channel the character, right? And I would see stuff in class like people would get up and start to limp, and Charles would go, all right, you're not doing this scene, you know this scene. And they'd go, Charles, I've never seen this scene before. I don't know what it's from. You mean you don't tell me... you don't know she's crippled, right? And, right? and we wouldn't. It would just be information that was sort of coming through for us. So it was a flipping magical class. And the beginning lesson was always about energy and the direction of energy and all the great artists like Michelangelo and everybody that would talk about channeling the energy. And that I, I didn't know I was being schooled for all this you see, way Mm -hmm. back then. And when I was trying to conceive my baby, which, by the way, everybody told me I would never have, 
you know, I worked with an acupuncturist because I had to shrink a fibroid tumor. He taught me how to run energy through my hands. I didn't know I was going to be schooled for this. So, you know, you just got to trust and and keep your heart light on, guys. You you know, when we get hurt, and that's a bright light is about your story. It's everybody's story. We come in, and we come in in our joy, and we come in in our power, and then somebody or something squishes us down, and we pull in and make ourselves smaller to stay safe. And you can't create then if you're not if you're not using your power and your light. You can't create. And, and then we wonder why we lose the rest of our lives and, and don't do what we want to do. Yeah, would, would you say that a lot of people live that way, live small? Oh, I think most people live small. And you know what we do? We choose to live small, and then we judge the people who are living large. Mm. We judge them because we're angry at ourselves for turning ourselves down. So if we can make them wrong about using their power, then it gets us off the hook for shutting our power off. Well, there's also that one of my favorite expressions is crabs in a barrel. Did you ever hear that? No, tell me. Crabs in a barrel is, you know, if you put like one crab in a barrel, it will scamper right out of that barrel. Oh. But if you put more than uh, one or two crabs in the barrel, the other crabs will not let the other any of the other crabs get out. Because say, wait, uh, I'm in here. You're not getting out, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And they'll all pull each other. They'll kill the crab rather than let it leave. Uh huh. And that's well, sort of an analogy of how we people do can kind of do to each other. You know, that, but it's what we do to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We don't even need anybody else to do it for us. And you know, I mean, anybody listening, pick up somebody. Pick out somebody that's hurt you, abandoned you in some way, lied to you, betrayed you. I mean, my God, we all have our stories of those people. Well, they're not they're not going to save you. They're not going to um, recreate you. You've got to do that. You've got to move on from whatever or whomever took you down and go, well, I'm going to just keep creating me no matter what happens. But we oh, don't. Great. I totally get that. Now, um, what did I want to ask you about? Um, well, first of all, tell me about what's up on your website right now. Well, just about everything you would ever want to know about me mm-hmm. is up on the website, and I I have a lot of great free stuff like how to how to use a pendulum, and you know a lot of uh, great interviews and channels and stuff that are up there. Uh, I also have an amazing set of webinars that I do around any subject that you want to expand your life in, relationships, success, money, health. Um, and they're, they're two-hour uh, webinars. Very Everything on my site is very affordable, by the way. I've got online acting classes that you can take um, based on all the principles that Charles created for me. Uh, Both my global radio shows are on there. You can click on them and go to the direct links to get to the shows. So it's a a veritable playground of D. Wallace. 
I, I have this your website actually up right now. It's really quite a nice one. Uh, just to let everyone know, it is imdwallace.com. Thank you. Yeah. That's because you are D. Wallace. I am. <laughs> well, you know, and all my work is based on the I am principle. You have to claim who you are. You have to claim what you want. You have to claim that you're creating it if indeed you're going to bring it into manifestation. The energy has to be directed. Just like a good actor, energy has to be directed. Water can be steam, can be ice, but you have to choose what you want it to be and then take action around that direction. You know, it's the same way with your own energy. You have to consciously choose uh, how you want to create yourself and then move on it and take action. Now, you you mentioned in the book uh, another book called The I Am Discourses, mm-hmm. uh, which I had never heard of before, so that, that kind of stuck out for me. The I Am Discourses are a group of many books that were channeled in the 1930s and have been very well documented, by the way. And uh, it was a these group of people and the masters, St. Germain and Tobias and, and Michael, all would come in and channel through for these for this group of people and i happened to pick up this one book it's the saint germain series of the i am discourses volume three Uh, i'm saying that because after interviews like this i always get emails what was that book um which literally said your i am presence cannot create for you without your conscious direction well, for most of us, especially Deanna Bowers from Kansas, this is blasphemous, right? Mm-hmm. What do you mean I have to direct the creative force of the world? But the point is is that we are loved so unconditionally that uh, the creative force, be it God, Atman, Buddha, whatever term you want to put on it, uh, loves us unconditionally. It knows that we're only here experiencing energy in different ways. So it's quite happy to give you anything that uh, you want to direct your the energy to be mm-hmm. without judgment. So if you get up in the morning and go, oh, I'm so fat, the energy goes, yeah, here's more fat. And you go, oh, you know, no matter what I do, I just can't get on top of my finances. And the universe says, yes. We'll give you more of that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where a big place where the creation process falls out because, um, you know, you can't create anything that you're not in harmony with. And so we're going, I'm, I hate money, I resent money, I never have enough money, I'm always worried about money, I, I wish I didn't worry about money all the time, I wish I had more freedom. Could you give me some more money, please, universe? <laughs> you know, and the universe goes, you know, I don't get it, dude. All, all I feel from you is resentment and angst, so why do you want more of it? Right? Right. And that's what we do. We we don't bring ourselves in harmony with what it is we want, and then we wonder why we're not creating it. And and what is the what is the, the kind of process that you would use to become aligned? Well, the very first cornerstone of everything is loving yourself. 
love yourself, love yourself, love yourself first and as much as you can. And, of course, we're never taught that. We're taught to put everybody else, you know, in front of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's, as my mother used to say, we have it bass backwards. Who who do you want to give everything to? Who do you want to um, take care of? Who do you want to support? Who do you want to create for the people you love? And we've got to be at the front of that line. So that's the beginning. And then you have to choose. You have to choose to forgive. You have to choose to let go of your story. You have to choose to go, you know, I don't care what yesterday was. Today I'm creating me. What? Where do I want to go now? And most people don't choose. They wish and they hope and they think about it and they mull it over and they complain about it and they become a victim about it, but they never choose to do the opposite positive thing, which will take them into loving themselves mm-hmm. and take them into joy. And when you love yourself and you're joyful, that is the definition of creation right there. Wow. And what's, what's next? What's next? What? Around what? Creation? Yeah. Well, well look at what sure. you don't want. We all know what we don't want. You know, we we don't want the lack of money, mm-hmm. and we don't want the disease, and we don't want the jerk uh, that we just created in the relationship. Huh. So what do we want? We want an abundance of money. We want, you know, beautiful, glowing health and wellness and energy. Mm-hmm. And we want to create ourselves uh, as loving ourselves and cherishing ourselves so that we can attract a mate that is in harmony with how we feel about ourselves. So once you know what you want, you hold the focus on it, and that's where most people drop out. You just hold the focus on it. And what I get at the workshops is, well, you know, that's like... I don't want to just put my head in the sand and I, you know, that's like lying to myself because I don't have enough money. And I say, no, mm-hmm. it's 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 not lying to yourself. It's I'm getting up this morning and I'm choosing to direct my energy in a certain way. I'm choosing that from a powerful place of knowing that I'm my own creator. And I'm going to choose to hold my focus on that until it manifests in the three-dimensional world. Got it. Now, uh, when you, I'm sure you've read you've read the secret of see, or seen the movie, correct? Oh, sure, both. And uh, when you saw that, did you think, well, hey, that's what I've been doing for quite some no. time? No. It's not what I'm doing. Okay. Because I, you know, I really appreciate the secret mm-hmm. because it it was the precursor for allowing everybody to open up this dialogue. So it really served the world. In my estimation, it puts way too much emphasis on the stuff. If you do this, you'll get this. Hmm. You know, And the whole purpose of creation, guys, is to create you. You came back to fool around with energy so that you could learn how to create you as a fuller, happier, more joyful, powerful being. So if you keep focused on the stuff outside of you, 
you will never master the creation of you. So with that sort of approach, you're really looking at uh, the outside, you're looking at the the stuff, the things, and not the inside. Yeah, and the the stuff that's outside it, it can only match what you are the creation of within. So look to yourself. It's really all about you, and it always has been, Dorothy. You know, there's no need to Wizard of Oz. You had the power all along to go home. Mm-hmm. And E.T. is the same message, you know. He he chose what he wanted. He wanted to get home. And home in E.T. is just a metaphor for the home that we all are. We're trying to get back to the home of us, the authentic us that we are. And he kept his heart open, and he kept shining his light, and Whatever he had to do, whatever he had to gather together, he chose to take action around that because he knew he would get home. And how many of us do that? We blame other people, including God, for not coming through for us, for not creating for us, because we don't know the biggest secret of all. It's you. you got to do it. You got to create it, and then the energy responds. That sort of reminds me of that old, um, you know, I have met the enemy and he is us sort of thing. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Have you seen the I Am movie? Uh, no. Uh, anybody that's out there, go see it, rent it, watch it. It's just brilliant. And I, I, I'm just. Uh, fascinated, floored, and grateful that this mainstream director, you know, um, stepped up and did a movie like this. It's called You'll I get Am. it if you see it, you know. It's like uh, the glass can be half full, the glass mm-hmm. can be half empty. It's only dependent on your perception oh, and, and your who is creation the director, of that glass. Who who is this director? Uh, Tom, I never can say his last name. He did uh, a lot of Jim Carrey's movies, a lot of mainstream movies. Tom Shadier, I want to say, ah, that's embarrassing. As an actor, I should know his name. But it's called The I Am. It's called I Am. Oh, I Am. Yes. Okay, I I said I Am. No, uh, I Am. Well, no. Like text messages or something. I am. I but, am. But, you know, uh, I think it's it's interesting that you said that because any time you say I am or I'm anything, it's an mm-hmm. instant message to the universe to create that for you. Ah. I, I remember, uh, <laughs> you know, because I've taught my daughter this from the time it started coming in. And um, she was helping me. Uh, learn the computer, which I still don't know very well. But anyway, I had been teaching her the work, and and uh, I left for a couple hours, and I came back, and I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm I aming. And I went, oh, Gabby, you're doing the work. <laughs> she, she rolled her eyes, and she went, no, Mom, I'm instant messaging, you know, <laughs> I aming. And at that moment, I got it. Uh, that it was the same thing. That 
anytime we claim anything for ourselves, it's an instant message to the universe <laughs> mm-hmm. to create it for us. Oh, by the way, speaking of instant messages, here's from one from E.T. Yeah. I got well, that just for you, Dave. Thank you, darling. You're and welcome. It, if we'd ever phone home to the truth, we'd all be a lot happier. Sorry, I just had to sort of connect that to everything we're oh, talking Oh, by the way, about. I got the uh, I got the name from the chat room, uh, Tom Shadiak. Oh, see, I was close. I was really close. Oh, thank you, whoever uh, sent that in. It's an and amazing we, movie. I, and IamTheDoc.com is the website for it. Look, it's amazing what comes I am the in. What? But I am the doc. I am the doc. dot com. Huh. Okay. And uh, I have a question from the chat room. Okay. Actually, I have, I have two. Um, well, maybe I'll only do one. Okay. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, this is <laughs> this is from Dave Rudborg in the chat room. What's the difference between focus and attachment? Oh, because attachment, you get attached to something, there's a, there's an angst behind it, okay? There's a, uh, I, I, I have to do this. I have to do this to define who I am. I have to do this to know I'm safe. I, I have to be attached to the creation of this because it defines who I am, mm. okay? Focus is, is the opposite. You hold your focus with unattachment. Because you know, you simply know that it's already created, it's already uh, in manifestation form, it just hasn't shown up yet. So when you hold your focus on something, it's it comes from a place of knowing and choice as opposed to I have to be attached in order to create safety and definition. That was a great question, by the way. I don't think I ever had that question before. <laughs> Woohoo for you. Thank you, Dave, for yeah. asking that question. He, he, I'll, have, I'll, I'll share another question. Um, oh, I've I, I got a couple of great questions that, have, that are coming in from the chat room. Good. Oh, here is what, how do you practice integration with your higher self? Uh. You know, let me tell everybody, as you believe, it will be delivered unto you. That's the rule of all rules. It Mm -hmm. supersedes everything. If you think you're separated from your higher self, you will have to practice integrating it. If you know that everything is one energy, which science has proven, we're all one energy, there is no separation anywhere. I'm God, God's me, we're all you, you're God, everything, you know. There is no separation of energy. Then that belief creates a total harmonious oneness of you. That's my answer. That's a great answer. Well, I thought so. I'm <laughs> look. I don't sound like I'm in the channel, you know, because I don't talk in a funny voice and stuff. But uh, I, I've been in the channel ever since we started the show. So. I thought it was a great answer. It wasn't mine necessarily, <laughs> but it's coming through the channel of me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I noticed that in, in some of the things you, you've done in, if you want to call it training or other things you've gotten, you did est back in the day. Oh hell yes, who didn't? 
Well, yeah, I, I, I turned it down. I, I wish I hadn't. I, I've done the, the landmark forum, but uh, I turned down Est a couple of times. You know, um, I think what I got from Est was if I have to pee, I have to pee, and you better let me have the door. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing I got from Est, which was a very big thing, was, um, you know, my dad killed himself. Those are the facts. Mm-hmm. My dad killed himself. All the drama that I drag with me is a choice that I choose to keep attached to it. Mm. And that's a bloody big lesson. Sure. That's like this, like almost this physical object you carry around with you. Well, it's certainly a drain on your energy, mm-hmm. you know. And, and as long as you are living out your stories, you are not in the creation of your life today, period. Wow. You got another question? You said there were two more. I love there was one, questions. Yes, I right have in. one more question from the chat room. Uh, what do you personally struggle with? Um, well, I, I don't like to use the word struggle mm-hmm. because that really denotes a negative vibration, okay. which I don't choose to think I am. Challenge, I mean, we're all challenged uh, by truly being able to say and be clear mm-hmm. about what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, when I do seminars, for example, uh, they'll come up and I'll say, okay, what do you want to work on? Money. And I, I'll say, well, what do you want? Well, I don't want to have to worry about money anymore. Uh-huh, well, what do you want? Well, I don't, you know, I don't want to feel so insecure about money. Uh-huh, well, what do you want? Well, I don't, you know, want everybody telling me that I can't make money as an actor. Uh-huh, well, what do you want? This can go on for ten minutes. Sure. And they'll never say, I want money. I mean, we don't want abundance. We want money. But everybody's too afraid to say, I want money. And not only do I want money, I want more than enough money. That was one of my big, you know, things. I come from Kansas, and Mm -hmm. my big lesson in the Baptist slash Methodist churches and upbringing that I had was all you need is just enough. Don't ask for any more. You shouldn't have any more, and there's not enough to go around anyway. Right? Sure. So I I think one of my biggest challenges, as is everyone's, is to be conscious of saying exactly what you want. If you've got somebody working in your office that's not doing the job, don't spend two weeks complaining and looking at what they're not doing and pointing it all out. That's not where you want to be. Where you want to be is this is what I want to create. This is what I'm choosing to create. How can I work with him to create that? Or if he can't create that, then what's my next choice? Do I move on? Mm -hmm. Do I retrain? Do I find someone else? Because my goal is to be in harmony with me, first of all, to love me, first of all. And when those things are in alignment then everything within my office 
has to serve that. And if it doesn't, then there's got to be changes made. So uh, I, I think that's one of my biggest challenges. And the second one is uh, holding the focus. So whether somebody comes in and says, oh, my gosh, Dee, you know, look at your age and your woman in the business. I mean, there's just no, there's no work, you know, in the acting field. Well, when I hear things like that, I've got to stop and get conscious and go, okay, if they're saying that to me, there's a part in me that has a fear that that's true. So I'm going to choose in this moment right now to redirect that thought. I'm going to tell me under no certain circumstances I'm the boss here. I get to choose what I want, and I choose to know there's more than enough roles for me because I'm one talented actress. And how old I am and the sex I am doesn't make a damn bit of difference. And that's what I mean by by remaining so incredibly conscious all the time. You know, one of my favorite lines is, if you don't create your own life, you become the created upon. Mm. By society, by your parents, by your partners, mm-hmm. by the fears, by your genetics, you know, you have to consciously create your life, which was the name of my first book, Conscious Creation. Well, I know that's the next book I'll be reading. <laughs> well, that's it's very different than Bright Light. Oh, really? Bright Light, you get you get the message through, you know, all the wonderful stories that I tell about Spielberg and being on the set and Blake Edwards and I do, I don't know, do I have Rob Zombie in there because he's one of my favorites? I just oh, absolutely, absolutely you adore have Rob him. Zombie in there. Yeah, I I just adore him, and um. You know, the book stands alone just on Mm -hmm. the history of my life and the stories that I tell. But interwoven in all that is everybody's story. And that you can go on Amazon and look at all the five-star things, the biggest biggest, uh, um, quote that everybody shares in those reviews is, oh, my God, this is my story. You know, and I'm tell I'm here to tell you, if I could recover and get my life back and move back into my power and my joy and the love of myself, you can too, guys. Anybody can do it, but you got to choose. And once you do, let me tell you, heaven's waiting for you. Without leaving your body. Yeah, hopefully okay. that that would be not good with the leaving the body part, unless you're getting unless you're coming back into it. But, you know, that's what 2012 is all about. It's not the end of of a physical world. Uh-huh. It's the end of this this angst and struggle and rules and regulations that we've been so used to living with. It's the end of that. We're moving into an an era of freedom where we allow being to be the definition of who we are instead of doing so do you uh, do you believe that that this big thing that they're talking about is going to happen in 2012? What big thing? Whatever it is they're talking about the the uh, December what is it December 21st? Oh, who knows? You know the world's going to end in October according to those other oh, guys. October. So what are we worried about anyway? That's you know well I can only tell you as I believe mm-hmm. we're getting ready to 
for those of us who choose and are conscious, we're getting ready to move into many, many years of the most glorious freedom we've had in a long time. And that's what 2012, I know, is about. Well, I like your 2012 a whole lot better. Well, me too. So somebody said to me on one of the shows, well, what if you're wrong? What if they're right? And I said, well, I look at it this way. I've lived in heaven and happiness and joy for the next six months, and they've lived in hell waiting for it. <laughs> so any way you look at it, my way's better. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going with the D. Wallace uh, method here for sure. Um, you're going back to uh, like earlier we were talking about healing, and I'm really curious, uh, in particular, uh, you know, personal level, because you talked that uh, um, you've uh, cured your, yourself of thyroid issues, and you know, for me personally, that's a big one. I, I don't, I no longer have a thyroid, and now I'm wondering what could I have done if I had known about this. Well, actually, it's it's different. Uh, uh, physical healing lies differently in everybody. Okay. So let's just uh, prove that. I've got my little pendulum here. Let's see what was the highest thing behind your thyroid, okay? Sheets, book. Give me a song. Uh, I'm sorry? Give me a song. The first song that comes into your mind. <laughs> I got a song. Da, 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 da. That one just came, came into my okay. I, I, That song came into my heart. So what are the words? I, I think I don't know the words to it. I guess that's what, that's what popped into my mind was the melody. Well, uh, okay. So tell me what's the essence of of what popped into your mind. I, I don't care if it's a real song. Oh, yeah, it is a real song. I just don't know enough of the words. Um, basically, it, it's about basically what? it's a it's a you're you're like your heart singing a melody. Okay, so uh, I'm testing this, and the greatest thing behind your thyroid um, failing on you was you didn't have a song in your heart. Mm. Now, does that resonate with you or not? I, I got so many songs in my heart, I think, unless they're not in my heart. Maybe they're in my head. I uh, get a yes on that, actually. So, you know, with a song in my heart, you know. Yeah, that's that, like, that one. I, yeah. Uh, I'm filled up with the joy of me. I'm filled up with the 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 joy and magnificence of the being that I am. So I'm asking you, were you? Hmm. I, I'm. I don't know. At times, yes, and at times, no. Okay. Well. So that's that's what we all want, right? Mm-hmm. Is to just be joy and be filled up with the love of ourselves. All the time. Uh, it's interesting. I just had a, my physical and had a blood test. Mm-hmm. And everything came back perfect. But the nurse called me and said, your DHEA, which is a hormone, yes, is high. And Dr. Saram says to take you off all the DHEA. I said, I'm not on any. And she went, what? well, wait, you must be. I said, no, I'm not on any DHEA. So I went on to the Internet, right, because most people, especially women my age, have low DHEA levels. After your 20s, DHEA falls off considerably, right? 
So I'm researching, and everything on the Internet is about low DHEA. And finally, at the bottom of one of these that was sponsored by Consumer Reports, by the way, um, it was this doctor saying, here are a few natural things that we know increase DHEA. The first one on the list was joy. Hmm. The second one on the list was spirituality. I said, well, no wonder I got too much of it. <laughs> well, that's amazing. So uh, I'm going to call him tomorrow and go, okay, so, dude, if I have to give up my joy and my spirituality, lower these DHEA levels, uh, I'm, you know, we're going to have a problem here. <laughs> but, I I mean, uh, I can give you, cite you another example. This was a... Um, really small exercise that was given to me by psychoimmunologists from uh, UCLA and Harvard, and that's people that study the mind-body connection, right? Mm -hmm. And they found that if people took a deep breath in to the count of three or four and then exhaled slowly to the count of three or four, while they said a positive mantra of any kind, it reversed most of the diseases they were working with to some degree. Hmm. Now, that's a pretty simple thing to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And the guy said, you can even say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you use, you know, the yogi breath. It doesn't, ma it, it doesn't matter if you go... Um, if you say something in Jewish, you say something in Christianity, you say something in Buddhism, it just doesn't matter. What matters is the breath and the intention mm -hmm. that you go into it with. Breath is really important, you know, for our health, for all creation. I tell my acting students what, the best thing that they can do when they go to an audition is sit down, close their eyes, put the dang scene away, and take deep breaths, deep, long breaths. That opens your channel up, mm -hmm. and when you go into the room then, you're present. You're really present. What do most people do? They breathe very shallowly because they get really nervous, mm -hmm. and they sit and they go over their script and over their script and over their script and over their script, so they can't possibly be in the moment when they walk into the room. Well, that's kind of what we're doing in life. Let me plan. Let me uh, manipulate. Let me control. Let me, you know, and then when you have to adapt in life, you can't. You're too afraid to or you're not present enough to. And uh, I'm telling you, it's a big message for 2011, 2012. You've got to stay in the moment, and you've got to be able to adapt. Ask anybody in Joplin, Missouri. Oh, yeah. That's, that, is, that is tough. Tough place it's to be around. It's devastating, but what are they doing? They're creating again. Mm -hmm. And that's the choice. No matter what happens to you, how can I create again? Uh, yeah, I, one of the things I noticed that you uh, uh, were you on an episode of My Name Is Earl? Oh, several. I several. had recurring on it for a while. Oh, okay. Because I uh, I noticed that you worked with uh, Jason Lee. Um, now that show, um, you know, I mean, it's it's comedic and it's fun. 
But what do you think of the message of that show? Well, I, I think there's a lot of good messages to the show. Um, there's a lot of messages about being your authentic self. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of messages about how naivete mm-hmm. wins out, which I also talk about in Bright Light. What what particular message are you thinking about? Well, just the you know the whole thing of uh, you know the karma and 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 doing things to set things right in order to to be free. Okay, I don't think there is karma anymore. Okay. It's over, it's done with, we've paid it, move on. No more karma? No, and when in, in one of my shows, uh, when somebody asked about karma, what the channel said was, uh, okay, you have a thought that, oh, my God, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and, you know, Wall Street's doing us all in, and and there's no way we're going to save ourselves karma. You go to the next thought, no, you know what? I'm going to know we're all great, we're all joy, we're, we're all love. We're, we all are creation in this moment, no karma. So you create your karma literally as quickly as you change your thoughts. That was the message to the channel, and it makes a heck of a lot of sense to me. Alas, poor karma, I knew it. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, Seriously, do we need to hold on to that belief? <laughs> no, but the more you know, the, struggle, more to pay for. So the uh, the idea of uh, of um, you know doing uh, sort of undoing your your negativity or whatever is not, not really valid for you. No, only focusing on the positive, being in the love, being mm-hmm. in the joy. That's the only thing that creation is about. And okay. if you want to be in the toilet, if you want to feel negative, if you want to be a victim, that's not better or worse, okay? It's just a different choice of what you want to do with your energy. Right. I don't choose to want to do that with my energy. Okay. I mean, I, quite frankly, I think it's a waste of time. Don't you? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Well, we have settled that. <laughs> now, by the way, do you uh, uh, do you uh, currently uh, do you still talk to Drew Barrymore? No, not really. Just curious. I, and, and you know, it's not because he's Drew Barrymore. It's just that's the way it is in our business, unfortunately. Yeah. Tyne Bailey and I tried to get together for lunch for over a year. You know, uh, I've done three projects with her. I love the woman. We became good friends, but. She finally emailed me. She said, Dee, I'm getting so frustrated because I want to see you, and there's just no time. And then when she would be available, I would be out doing a movie. You know, so you come together and you you create this amazing family um, because you're you're together, you know, night and day pretty much. And then... The movie's over, you go, and everybody starts living their lives again and going different ways. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to stay in touch and remain friends. I've heard about some uh, some you know, parent-child movie relationships where off-screen they became practically, you know, like that. And that's why I was wondering about it. Oh, no, no. No. I don't think Drew ever wanted to be my kid. <laughs> Although, 
I hear that, you know, Stephen, I believe, is her godfather. So Stephen was very instrumental in her life, mm-hmm. and I think still is. So now, one question I have for you uh, regarding E.T. is why was this role for you not only uh, your greatest gift, but also the greatest setback? Well, first of all, it cubbyholed me as a mother for the rest of my life. I mean, you know, before E.T., I did hookers, lots of hookers, and astronauts and businesswomen and, you know, all kinds of characters. And uh, after E.T., it was, oh, yeah, decent mom, you know. Now I've played every kind of mom in the world, and I'm not complaining, but, you know, actors want to break out. That's why I was so flippin' happy when I got offered the Frighteners. Because I got to be the bad guy and kill everybody. I had a ball, you know, exploring a different kind of role and a different part of me. But the other thing, too, was it really, and there's a lot of this journey in bright light. Mm-hmm. Between the time I left Kansas, and I'd never been out of Kansas, to the time I started in ET was barely five years, which is unheard of in my business. It's meteoric. After I did E.T., I never did another studio film for 15 years. doesn't make any sense. You could rail for the rest of your life that it's not fair. Mm-hmm. What happened? Who did it to me? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and bottom line, there were just a lot of incredible messages that were ingrained in me from a child. And when that happened... The Deanna Bowers that had been told, don't go too far, too fast, too much, and too big, uh, got imploded again. And I pulled back, and I didn't know it, but I subconsciously decided to pull me back, hold me down, and make me little. I just wasn't safe. So... You know, I went, I've done four or five series. I've kept my career alive. I just um, did my 140th film. You know, I kept working for 40 years, but I haven't done more movies, uh, a lot more movies like E.T. And I personally am ready to get back there. I'm ready to see you back there. Well, thank you, sir. You're welcome, ma'am. Yeah, you, you. I know you said you uh, played hookers. I, I believe I actually saw you. Um, I was a huge, huge fan of the streets of San Francisco. Oh yeah, that was one of my first roles. And uh, you know, I was probably you know in junior high or something. But I, I absolutely adored Michael Douglas in that show. And like, I knew this this guy is going to be huge. I could just tell. And I loved Carl Malden. And then I, I, I was pretty a religious watcher of that show. So. Um, I mean, I didn't directly, like, oh, that's her from that show. But when I read about it, I go, oh, I saw that show. Yeah, it was one of the very first things that I created when I came out from New York. And, you know, the thing, the the part that got me 10, Blake Edwards 10, was um, a Lou Grant episode where I was a guest star as a, a hooker trying to get out of the life, trying to become a a real estate agent. And I, you know, I had to go five callbacks, I think, I had for that, four or five callbacks. And, you know, went back up against a lot of really major, major 
actresses at the time. And uh, they were trying to cast 10 and couldn't find anybody. And somebody called Blake Edwards and said, I watched this girl in Lou Grant last night, and you should see her. And they called me in that day, and they booked me before I even got to my car. Wow. So, you know, naivete, it can really serve you, baby, if you trust it. What was Dudley Moore like? Dudley Moore was the best. He was brilliant. He was authentic. He was kind. He was talented. I loved him to death. Yeah, he is really sorely missed. I, I, I've heard a lot of his early stuff, the, the records he did. I don't know if you ever heard the uh, the one-legged Tarzan. Oh hell yes! Oh my God, he's brilliant. Unbelievable. He's just brilliant. Yeah. This is this is great. So we are actually uh, in the last few minutes of our show. Believe it or not, time flies. Yeah, when you're having fun. So uh, first of all, I want to make sure that you have a chance to tell everyone what you're up to. Where can they find you? You can find everything about me on imdwallace.com. All my healing, updates on my acting, where I'm going to be speaking, where I'm going to be signing books, it's all there, guys. Check me out because this uh, this healing work, you know, that comes through me, it's pretty flippin' awesome. And it's really empowering. It, uh, we have a lot of fun. I actually have been called the irreverent healer. And I, you probably pick up why from some of this show. Uh, but it's life-changing work, and it's quick. It's really quick. It's not like sitting in therapy for 10 years. So if you're one of those people who believe uh, you got a lot of karma and it's going to take a long time and it's going to be really hard, you probably don't want to check the work out. <laughs> and uh, will you be making uh, an appearance in New York anytime soon? You know, I, I was just there. I was at the BEA um, and did Good Morning America, which you can see uh, on my website if you missed it, for Bright Light. You know, I wrote this book to change lives uh, through the mirroring of my story and everybody else's story. Um, and it will. You will get it through Bright Light, and Laura Spencer, everybody, well, you, you're reading it, you tell me. Terrific. I'm looking forward to getting more of this juice from you. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of juice on my website, and and my talk shows are up there Monday night at 5 Pacific Standard, Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard on different, uh, different networks. Uh, come join me. They're free call-in shows. Uh, you can call in. You can on Monday night. Uh, there's a big chat room that you can participate in. And uh, yeah, come find out if if this piques your curiosity at all. Check it out because you're being called to move forward in your life. Great. And by the way, I really love to see you at the Paley Center. I think that would be a great venue for you. Ooh, I I'm like that idea. I'm speaking that into existence for you. Right I now. will start checking that out. Yeah, they're trying to get me on Dancing with the Stars, too, and I would wow. like to do that. So, Well, Dee Wallace, I want to thank you so very much for being my guest tonight. It was extraordinary. I'm just absolutely joyous from having you on my show. And uh, everyone, 
Thanks for listening. We'll be back in July with some new shows, and we will see you then. Thanks for calling. Good night.